Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers, you are very welcome. And so I thought that I would continue and capitalize on yet another message on the Master's Voice, continue teaching in the same vein as the video that I made just a few moments ago. This word is called the promise of his coming. I received this on the 19th of May, 2020. This was during a period when the Lord was speaking a lot about the fallen angels. And the reason that God brought it up is because he wanted me to start to open and reveal these things on the blog for the first time. I've shared that I was a little reluctant to do that, but God is the one who understands best his prophetic times. And so I was sharing in this word, which is a teaching word that contains a lot of background. If you want to fully understand what it means that the sons of God in Genesis chapter six came to the earth and chose wives. They took wives of all whom they chose because they saw that the daughters of men were fair. We are talking about two different classes mixing in a way that the Lord has specifically said should never happen on this earth. In Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two, God gives it very clear as he goes through the goes through the creation process that kind should only mate with kind. He even says of the trees, which we know do not have intelligence as living beings do as a dog or a person does. He said that each tree would bear fruit after its own kind. And so God made it very clear that there is a separation in the different types of flesh that he does not want them to mix. And even Paul alludes to this when he is talking about the different types of glory that rest upon bodies. He is talking of an earthly glory that rests upon us, the creation of God as man. And then he says that there is a heavenly glory that rests upon what? The celestial bodies. That means the celestial bodies, such as the sun, the moon, and the stars, but also the celestial bodies, the other creations of God. I've shared that God has many, many different types of creations. Only a few of them are shown in the word of God, such as the seraph, such as the cherubim, who are not these fat naked angels that walk around with a bow and arrow, as we have seen in a lot of Catholic um, iconography and things like that. There are a lot of things that have been set before the eyes of man, before the eyes of us as humanity that are simply not true. There is a lot of deception. And if you have been in church, whether you are new to the body of Christ and you've never heard these things before, whether you're coming out out of the world and you've actually done extensive research on these things, but you didn't understand how they were rooted back to God, the savior, God, the son of God, Jesus. This channel is here to awaken you to hopefully tie in by the spirit of the Lord, all the things that you may have learned before you became born again and how the Bible is the pivotal book as long as well as some other extra biblical writings that explained what really went on in the ancient world and why God had to judge the world for sin. And so just give me a moment here until I come to what God was talking about to me. He was talking about Matthew 24 and he was talking about Matthew Matthew 24 and Mark 13 concerning the signs of his coming. And one sign that the Lord has given us is called watching for the days of Noah. So it goes as it was in the days of Noah. So will it be at the coming of the son of man. This is a scripture that many people have heard. This is Matthew 24 and verse 37. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the son of man. 
Now, many churches will only mention this verse in passing, and they may tell you, oh, you know, as because especially as Jesus expanded in the verse, he said, as people were eating and drinking, having, having weddings, giving in marriage and receiving in marriage and having weddings and children, shopping and doing everything else, that's how it will be. But I'm here to let you know, that there is a huge backstory about the days of Noah. So we have Noah, the righteous man, who, as the Bible says, is untainted. He is pure. He is whole in his generations. And we're not talking about the fact that um, Noah still has all his living relatives or Noah is living a righteous life. This is actually speaking to genetic purity. So by the time we get to the Lord making this distinction about Noah and saying that Noah is pure in his generations, he's actually saying that the, that the lineage of Noah has not become contaminated with any of this hybrid seed, the hybrid seed of the fallen angels living with women and the women continuing to mate and remate with other beings remate basically some of them even with the children that they are giving birth to if you've ever seen in modern human history what is called the oedipus i think it's oedipus the oedipus complex which is um fascination of men sleeping with their mothers and you see this happening a lot in ancient cultures where a man will stay stay in bed, enter into um, sexual relations with his own mother or with close female kin. This is why you see specifically in the book of Leviticus, God is saying that he hates this kind of this kind of intersexual relation between close relationships. And he puts it in the law that these people are not to do this. So whether they practiced it before, when God codified the law and gave it to Israel, it became a sin and God did not want them to do this. You also see in God's law, I think in Levit Leviticus as well, that God is very fixated on not mixing. So a lot of people use this to mock the word of God. And it's because they lack the deeper understanding of what God God is saying, God is saying, I don't want you to mix your flax with your cotton. And I don't want you to mix cotton with silk in a garment. I don't want you to use blended fibers in a garden, um, in a garment. And I don't want you to cook this and this together. And it seems on the surface of it to be such nitpicking until you understand that these laws are in part God's reactionary response to what goes on before the flood. When man is now being blended with other creatures, animal creatures by these fallen angels, animal creatures by the giants and the other forms of Nephilim. When man is also sinning, I guess you would put it at a lower level and laying with the animals himself. It says that in Genesis chapter six, that God was grieved. So God was hurt. God was heartbroken that he had made man upon the earth. And it says that it grieved God at his heart that he had made man because as he now looked at his creation, he saw that the only desire in the heart of man was to do evil continually. In those days, the Bible says that the only desire of men's hearts was to do evil continually. And so this is pointing to a very rare height of sin. It means that the average person had become so dull in all spiritual matters, so selfish, lustful, lazy, scheming, wicked, and in fact, downright murderous, that now crime and sin 
was all that was in people's hearts and all that was in people's minds. So understand the increase of wickedness in the earth is not just um, the solo practice of one person perceiving a, a temptation or a lust that they want to indulge in and then going to privately indulge that lust. This is why I speak so much about sin on this channel because people don't really have a mature understanding of what sin is. And that's why our generation is, is trapped and caught in so much sin, even in the church. The church is so caught up in sin, except that because the people of God know what sin is, they're now caught up in the duality of sinning and then lying about it. Like the adulterous, adulterous woman that's spoken of in Proverbs, how she will go and, and prostitute herself or go and lay in another person's bed or go as a married woman and then conduct adultery. And then it says she wipes her mouth, which is which is a picture of a person who eats a meal and then wipes their mouth and cleans their face and takes away the scent of the food and then sits and says, I have eaten no food. What have I done? And so the church is caught in this dual net of sinning. They are in the reality of sin. They are experiencing sin. And yet they are lying to cover it up because of the pressure of appearing righteous. Understand that you cannot appear righteous when you are not righteous. People with discernment can see when there is sin in your life. For me, God always gives me pings. People come to me and they start making it like it's other people's fault, or they start to act like there's nothing wrong. And the Lord is just saying, this person is lying. This person is in sin. This person is actually, sometimes the Lord says to me, celestial, this person is actually looking for you to rubber stamp the wickedness that they do so that they will not feel bad. And people don't understand that if you don't feel bad about sin, you will never repent. I don't want this video to go off in another direction. If you don't feel convicted about your sin, you will never repent. And until the day the Lord seizes you to judge you, your sins will be upon you. We don't want to feel bad in this generation. Everything about modern life is geared towards increasing the feel good factor. You need to feel fantastic all the time. That is why social media is such a prison. Social media demands that you feel good. It demands that your coffee better look brilliant with a little heart and you better take that picture and pose it so that you can get extra points for being alive. Social media almost grips you by the neck and tells you if you don't look thin and if you don't look, look cute, so help me, you will be canceled. And so people are controlled by these unseen prompts that tell them, be happy and do more and, and don't feel guilty about anything because everyone else is doing it. But I already shared that sin is like this very heavy coat with thousand pound lead weights in all the pockets. And if you, your only claim to fame is saying, well, everyone else is wearing a coat. Guess what? God has enough space to judge the whole community of sinners. Trust me, he's not lacking space in, he in hell because the Bible says that hell from beneath, right now as I'm speaking to you, the Bible says hell from beneath enlarges her mouth and she will swallow up all the sinners and she will have room to spare for when God puts the fallen angels, the Nephilim and Satan himself in there and then tips the entire thing like a full bowl into the lake of fire. So if the only thing that we are using to cover up our nakedness in sin is saying, well, everyone else is doing it, it's a poor excuse. So there's sin in the world and there's sin in the church. And yet the Lord is saying that this generation will exceed the wickedness of Noah's day. 
So in Noah's day, they were sinning so much. Please hear me. They were sinning so much that God decided that they did not need to live anymore as a collective. God ended the world functionally, keeping only eight people alive on a boat. And it doesn't even say anywhere in the text that they were preserved, the eight of them, because they were each individually righteous. No, what it does say is that because of Noah's righteousness, because of righteous Noah, God saved Noah's family. Eight people out of the known world. This is after Genesis chapter five, where it says that the earth was filled with people and they were trying to build the tower of Babel. And then the Lord looked down upon them and saw that their hearts were united in this wickedness. And he scattered them across the earth and they all moved out. Yet God decided to flood the entire earth. Why was he flooding the earth? Because the earth was full of the abominations of man and the earth was full of the expressions of Satan's heart. I'm going to get into this. I'm going to get into it. Do you know what it is to live on an earth where Satan's heart fully expresses itself? I'm here to let somebody know that we are actually going to see that. You see, because the worst that we see now, and these are painful things to see, we see the ritual abuse, and we see the satanic abuse, and we see the murder, and we see the abortion, and we see the perversion of sexuality. The Lord was just sharing with me and saying, Celestial, do you know what it is to live in a world where the most important thing about humanity is what they keep in their underwear? I was shocked. I was shocked, but this is how blunt God is. God is not this namby-pamby, uh, um, um, prancy person that people believe in. Oh, Father wouldn't say this, and Father wouldn't say this. The fact is that you do not even know Father. You do not even know his voice or what he would say. To the people God counts as friends, he is as blunt as a steak knife, just in there, and he will just say a thing. He said, do you know how fallen it is to live in a world where the most important thing, the thing that is constantly on the mind of the people that are on the earth in this hour is what is in our clothing. What is, what is, what is inside the, the place where we are supposed to be practicing modesty? The whole earth is drunk following after human sexuality. What is, what is sexuality? What is okay between a man and a woman? What should we do? What should we not do? What is a man? What is a woman? What is a baby? Is it just a collection of cells? Can it think? Does it have the right to life? Who decides? Me, Roe versus Wade, the Supreme Court, Jesus. Who has the right to say, what is a clump of cells? What is life? What goes on in private between man and man? Is it just man and man? And it brings me back to what I was saying earlier, is that if, if we think that sin is this personal, private thing where I can just creep off and go and do it and it's not hurting anybody, and that's why the modern church is so paralyzed with this fallacy of don't judge, you don't know his struggle, and don't judge, you don't know his story. The Bible actually tells us that we should judge with all righteous judgment. Why? Because we will judge even these fallen angels that I'm currently teaching about. The Bible says that by your fruit, 
by their fruit you will know them and so this means that i don't need to know your story because the evidence of your life actually tells your story before i speak and this is why so many times the lord will say to me this person is lying it is not because i celestial just want to jump up and say hey liar it is because the spirit of the lord is saying as i'm reading this person is actually lying this person actually loves their sin and this person is seeking confirmation bias that the sin is okay or that there will be some kind of special softer punishment for them if they continue in sin i'm here to let you know that if you are in sin you will have absolutely no defense when you stand before the father for the bible says that we know when we sin and this is why god is blameless when he judges us think of a judgment situation where the judge has heard the evidence and he's passing sentence on you 10 years 15 years or life in prison human judges make errors but psalm 51 says that righteous are you O god when you judge you are blameless when you lay out the punishment why would the bible be able to say this with such authority because it means that the spirit of the Lord already knows the heart. He knows the heart. And therefore, if we will not accept responsibility for sin and confess it so that we can be free of it, it will be impossible for God to show us mercy. And this is why mystery Babylon of Revelation 16, where it says she's the throne of the beast, Revelation 17, where it shows the harlot riding on the back of the beast, and Revelation 18, where she meets her inglorious end. This is why no mercy is shown to Mystery Babylon, because Mystery Babylon in insists until the moment of her destruction, I have eaten nothing. I am guiltless. What have I done? What is so great about my sin that the other nations are not as guilty as I am? This is why God says he will not change the judgments that are coming to America because America has no remorse. And yet, and yet in the Christian community, there is this powerful belief that revival is coming. I ask you in the wisdom of Christ Jesus, where have you ever seen revival break out in the midst of increasing wickedness and sin? Where have you ever seen revival break out in a country that is currently fighting over whether you can get the abortion pills by mail or not, or whether you can marry the man as a man or the woman as a woman or not? Where have you ever seen revival break out in the midst of unrepentant filth and the increase of wickedness? I ask you now, go ahead and thumbs down the video. If your thumb has the power to spoil and stop prophecy, I watch in expectation to see your glorious power overturn the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. How is it that the church is not being taught that revival comes on the back of brokenness for sin? Of the maturity to acknowledge that I am a sinner, I am caught in an addiction 10 years, 15, 20 years. This habit controls me. Half my day is spent hiding it from my parents. The other half I spend hiding it from my friends or my wife or my husband. How can revival come to a nation that clings to its sin, that loves its sin, that codifies its sin into law? What revival is coming to a country that says, let me roll a third and a fifth and a seventh generation in the mud and then teach it to my children? 
Revival comes on the back of acknowledgement of sin, of saying, wretched man that I am, God, have mercy on me and release grace upon me to break these chains so that I can be free, so that I can be what you have made me to be and called me to be. What revival is coming as the sin increases, as the Lord prophesies here, that the fascination with sexuality will spill over. He called it a stench rising in the earth. And what will it draw? The Lord said that the scent of humanity abusing their sexuality, the porn, the cross-dressing, the homosexuality, the abortions, the sexual murders, the satanic sacrifices of the innocents, fornication, adultery, all of it. He said the stench of humanity abusing their sexuality will draw down the fallen angels to come and blend and mix and mate with man. And in the end, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be upon this earth. Hybrids walking around as bold as you please. Watch, I'm speaking to America. They will have rights. I don't know if it's going to be called aliens' rights, our kinsmen and brothers' rights. They will have rights. They will live in the midst of the population. And if you don't like it, you will just have to go and live in the far-off communes that I've seen. You will just have to go and live in those communes if you want to live with um, maybe human-only communities. Otherwise, they will be blended everywhere, pretending to be good until they rise up to tear flesh, as the Lord has said. So let me carry on. This message is called The Promise of His Coming, and I received this vision on April the 13th, 2020, at 5.34 p.m. It was an open-eye vision. I don't remember what I was doing, but I suddenly found myself staring at the night sky, and this is a vision that repeated all through 2020 in different forms. I saw the night sky above me, and it started to turn very fast, exactly as the turntable of a DJ. So you look at the sky, and you see the pinpoints of light, the the stars as they appear, and then all of a sudden the sky began to do a lazy spin faster and faster until the points of light began to form a streak. It looked just like these images that they show you in disco videos or when a person has taken drugs and the movie is trying to show you this is how they perceive light that's all squiggly like that. The sky was turning around and the stars began to turn in their courses until they formed um, thin streaks of light. And it was, it looked like the sky was being mixed, mixed by a DJ into yellow, red, and white circular streaks. And then all of a sudden the sky tilted and it poured out, um, the lights in an arc. So just as I shared in the previous video where I saw the lights streaking down from the heavens and creating these streaks behind them as the stars fell i saw that the sky poured out the stars and instead of something pouring out like water it was a cascade of stars and the stars fell to earth and when they fell to earth each star turned into a glowing staff a staff is something like gandalf carries in the lord of the rings it's something like a shepherd's crook and um each star became a glowing staff. It became like a bolt of lightning, a glowing bolt of lightning or a javelin thrust into the ground. 
and they turned into spears, spears of lightning, and each one had a leather belt on the middle. So I've seen this very often that the stars will fall out of the sky and when they hit the earth, they take a solid form. So as they're falling, they look like light, but when they hit the earth, they turn to javelins. They turn to, you know, the, the thing that you throw at the Olympic, but very big and glowing, like phosphorant glowing. And they each have a belt. So in the old days, it's not the belt that you know with the buckle and everything. The belt used to be made of leather and you simply tie it. And sometimes it would have a large area that you could wear here or wear on the side. And to show it was your belt, the craftsman would craft your initials into the leather. And so I see these these javelins fall and wrapped around the waist, the middle of each spear of glowing light, there is a leather, a leather belt. Sometimes it appears as a leather handle, like the javelin has a leather grip in the middle. Sometimes it's a leather belt. And on each belt, there is an insignia. So sometimes on the belt, I see initials, but most of the time I see these runic symbols that I do not understand. And the Lord impresses upon my heart. These are names, celestial. These are names. And therefore I came to understand that when each star falls and takes a solid form on the earth and it's wearing a belt, it is letting me know that that star is represented, uh, representative of someone. The stars are personages. They are beings. They are powers. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in the high places, against the rulers, against principalities, and against who? Against powers. Power is actually a type of angel. The virtues are actually a type of angels. The powers are also a type of angel. And so each person's insignia shows a mark of ownership. And whenever I would look at this vision, for I had it multiple times, I had the impression in my heart that the owners of those spears would soon show up to pull them out of the ground and use them. After I had this vision on April 13, 2020, the Lord spoke to me and he said, in the last days, mighty warrior angels will come down from the sky. Heretics. A heretic is someone who denies the truth of an established um, belief. So a heretic is someone who departs from the truth and begins to deny it. And that is Satan himself. He said, heretics, sinners, evil and demonic beings, loyal to Lucifer, the light bringer. That is why they are shaped like lightning. So there can be no doubt who they serve and who they belong to. Remember the scripture says, for I beheld Satan. The Lord Jesus said, for I beheld Satan fall from heaven as lightning. He said, the sky will pour out occupants of all sorts and shapes, but chief among them will be light bringers, the shining ones, false bearers of light who come bringing another truth. Their light is nothing but darkness and deception that will lead to the destruction of men. And here are some scriptures for your consideration. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give her light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Matthew 24 and 29. The stars will fall from the sky and the powers of heaven will be shaken loose Mark 13 and 25. 
And so this powers, as I said, is not talking about electricity or electric currents. It's talking about physical beings. Ephesians 6.12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in the high places. And so understand, for this is the direct revelation and instruction of the Lord to his people and to anyone. You do not have to be a Christian to hear and understand what I'm saying. Demonic beings are going to come to this earth in another skin, pretending to be our brothers. They will pretend to be helpers. And the way that they will personify themselves as the wise ones, that is how they are going to come. They're going to come bringing a lot of wisdom. And because of the greed and curiosity in the human heart, many are going to flock to them as they reveal enhancements to our human um, our human lives. They're going to bring many helpful things and they're going to bring many unhelpful things. The presence of these creatures is going to greatly excite sexuality in human beings. So the only way that I can put it to make sense is just think of a beautiful woman entering a room and she's wearing a captivating perfume. It's not enough that she's so good looking that when she enters the room, everyone is captivated by her appearance, but no, she's also wearing this deadly perfume that whoever takes it into the nostrils becomes intoxicated by it and then begins to desire more and more of this woman, both visually to see her, to interact her, with her, to be close to her, but also to inhale this deadly fragrance, which is actually a stench to the person's soul, to the person's salvation, a threat to the person's own existence, yet they don't know it. All they see is beauty and all they smell is this wonderful fragrance, but they don't know that this is the sight and the smell of death. This is what the presence of these beings in the earth will be like. If you see how the earth seems to be losing its mind now and people are just saying, oh, it's so dangerous out there and I don't know what's happening. I can tell you that as these demonic creatures are making their entrance, as they are preparing for their great global debut, people will literally lose their senses in following them and imitating them in lying down and couching with them. People will give over their bodies to these beings and officialized hybrid birth. Right now it's been taking place unofficially behind the scenes. And these people are walking around looking like man, not man, but official hybrid birth where they get a birth certificate and everything else is going to be a part of the future society. They will claim that they are the wise ones of creation and they want to help us out of our primitive ways. They will claim that they want to help us rise out of the level of where we are now, which is war and viciousness and selfishness, and teach us how to live in love or whatever it is that they're going to say. But I am telling you now to stay away from them because they eat flesh and blood. They consume flesh. They eat humanity. If anyone is a non-believer, you have all all the witnesses for the Bible says, let, let every word be established by two or three witnesses. Not only do I have multiple witnesses on the master's voice that you can go and read, but there are many people who will see these videos and know that you have had experiences in your life that were either preparing you to be one of those who will fall for this deception and welcome it. People have been having dreams. People have been seeing ships. People have been having dreams of beings talking to them and saying, you are special. You are a star child. You are a star seed. You are this and that. 
Beware of the enemy, for even Satan appeareth as an angel of light. He will appear to many people, and I know no matter what I say, the feet of people will go running into perdition because God has said that this generation is more wicked than Noah's generation. Noah was quietly building his boat and loudly proclaiming that a flood was coming and that mankind, who was extremely voracious for the same wicked sexual activity in those days, extremely fallen, giving themselves over to the marrying of wives and giants and things like that. Noah was warning them to forsake sin, confess sin, and return to the safety of God and to find a place in that ark. But the Bible says that when the rain began to fall or just before it fell, God told Noah, go ye into the boat. And then the Bible says that God shut Noah in himself by his own hand. I'm here to let you know that the time to break away from evil practices and opening up your heart to every doctrine that comes by is very, very limited. God will not bear with the sinfulness of man forever. The first time that God bore with man's sinfulness, it reached a point where his heart was broken and he could not take it. And he wiped the earth clean for sin and started over. And one of the first rules he put in place is that these people are not going to live 900 years, 700 years, 443 years, and stress me out in their fallen and their sinful state. A man's years will be cut down to 120 that's how it was in the ancient times. A few generations later, you see David saying, a man's years are 70, 80 if he is strong. That's 40 years cut off the life expectancy between the time of Noah and the time of David. God says he will no longer bear with the consistent sinfulness of man. So if you are someone who walks in sin and you think that God will keep tolerating, I'm letting you know that one day the ark will slam shut and all you will have is what the people in Noah's day had. Sometimes I think about it and it really brings the fear of God to my heart. And the fear of God is healthy. The fear of God keeps celestial sane and walking in the paths that God has ordained for her. What must it have been to see that rain coming and to watch it fall for the first three to five days? And it was no small rain for the Bible says that God opened up the windows of heaven and he also broke up the fountains of the deep. That means that there are windows under the sea. God pulled them open for that particular judgment and the sea rose greatly and flooded inward. Noah wasn't building by the beach. Noah was building in the town he lived in. Yet the sea rose to the point and the rain came down to a point that where that huge ark was lifted up upon the waters. What must it have been like to be in Noah's neighborhood, maybe not one of the far away cities who would come and journey and look at the boat and think, what a marvel, what a crazy old man. But what must it have been to realize that the time for repentance is over, that the time for grace is done, the ark is shut, and now there remains only the judgment. And the Bible says that they probably, they went there. Noah opened up. Noah, we believe you now. Noah, we know you can hear us. Open up. Our children are out here with us. Our children are drowning, Noah, because of our unbelief, because of our hard-heartedness in the face of God's never-ending, never-tiring grace. 
We are drowning, Noah. Open the boat. Sometimes it doesn't matter how soft-hearted a messenger is. When God shut the door, God shut the door. And that will be all there is. There will be nothing the messenger can do for you. There will be nothing you can say in the comment section. When God judges Mystery Babylon, the United States of America, there will be absolutely nothing that can be said by yourselves or by myself. It will simply be the hand of the Lord completing what he said in Revelation 16, 17, and 18, because she would not repent. Because she kept thinking that her portion was revival in the midst of her increasing wickedness and sinfulness, in the midst of losing her mind in front of all the other nations, she literally thought that I would reward her with revival when she would not fall to her knees and repent. I will stop the message here. The title of this prophecy is The Promise of His Coming, May 19, 2020. I'm Celestial, and this is the Master's Voice. Everything about this ministry and about this platform that the Lord is raising up to bring forth his word in these end days can be found in the description box below. Until I see you again, may the Lord God bless you and keep you, and goodbye. <laughs>